Hey, everybody. Welcome to It Never Rains on this podcast. I'm Heath Liday. I'm the managing editor for Addicted to Quack. It's a website. Joining me this week is one of the great ATQ writers, Badwater. How you doing? Not too bad. I uh, survived 2023 and uh, celebrated my survival uh, of last year in probably the same way a lot of other people did, you know, just uh, binge watching bowl games on the first. So good way to ring in the new year. Uh, yeah. Happy new year to, to everyone. I, I celebrated with uh, champagne and dancing and <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, but I, I too watched a bunch of bowl games. Um, all, all five of them on new year's day involved, uh, 2024 big 10 teams. Um, uh, who <laughs> other than Wisconsin and Iowa embarrassing themselves, which I feel like is kind of a constant refrain. Um, the future 2024, uh, big 10, uh, did, uh, pretty well, uh, this bowl season, I think, uh, so far they're, uh, uh, like eight and eight or like nine and four, I think, which is, I think the best bowl record and they're guaranteed to have one more win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the end here. So, uh, uh, yeah, it should be a, a pretty strong conference, although with a very like weak underbelly. Um, uh, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that going into, uh, 2024. I, I think Oregon's pretty well positioned, but before we get to talking about football, um, you wrote up, uh, uh, the Oregon men basketball team, uh, the first part of their, uh, two game opener of, uh, conference play at home, hosting the Los Angeles schools. We'll talk about the other game with, uh, Adam, uh, on the next podcast since he wrote that one up. Um, uh, but Oregon opened, uh, against USC, uh, both of the LA schools were um you know in line to be uh you know favorites you know to uh, for the conference they had recruited super well um and uh you know as you wrote up uh, all of these teams uh in your from beyond the arc uh, uh preview series you know fantastic recruiting um and yet you know both of the LA schools are kind of stinking it up on the floor um, or Oregon defeated USC pretty handily. Um, would, wouldn't you say, you know, do you think that's a, a fair characterization? Oh yeah. They, they were the better team out there and it wasn't just simply, uh, you know, a function of playing in front of your, uh, home crowd. Um, I think there was, uh, about 9,000 out there. They both, uh, USC and UCLA had better home crowds showings. Um, but no, it's, um, it, it's, it's this thing where the Oregon ducks are finally getting a, some sort of a handle on, uh, how to be playing, uh, without the presence of, you know, Dante and, and Biddle out there, which you know, changes, uh, up roles. Uh, kind of forces uh, KJ Evans to uh, play inside, uh, play yeah. in the paint, and and there there's some ad- adjustment with that. But the um, the the revelation really in that game and UCLA as well is uh, the emergence of Jackson Shelstead. 
Well, clearly, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he he's fat. He's the fastest player on on the floor. He has a, a dynamite shot, and you know, he, he'll go in for the kill. And uh, I've seen uh, all the uh, Oregon point guards in in person um, since, and including Luke Ridnour. And I think he's the best freshman point guard that we've had since Luke Ridnour. Uh, yeah, I mean, and for well, you've hit all the points that I wanted to talk about. Like that, number one, that they're doing this shorthand, and they're sort of like getting guys to they're getting guys to play roles that are, you know, so Evans is a big guy. He's not a big, you know, uh, yeah. like, and, you know, as a freshman, he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't quite have the muscle mass to like, you know, he, he's not like muscle and dudes, you know, down low in the post, but you can get some of what you need as a big out of him. Um, yeah. And then they're sort of like, they're, they're able to get some of the defensive production, you know, from a big that, you know, sort of patched together out of, you know, Cousinard um, and, uh, and, and some of the other guys, you know, who are, you know, who have enough of the size to be, you know, intimidating so that Oregon isn't just getting rolled over, you know, because that they're getting a lot of their, you know, offensive production from guys who are shooters, you know, like like Shellstad and and guys who, you know, otherwise would be bench players like Brendan Rigsby, um, who like you know, are, are not the most fantastic, you know, defensive players in the world, but like, you got to have them on the court. Um, but like, you know, the, the rest of the team is playing, you know, gr great defense and they're doing it without bigs. Uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, the, the whole, the, you know, the, the guy who holds, who's holding everything together is, is Shellstad. He's, you know, he's a shooter and he's a shooter from every port part of the court. Right. You know, he can drain it from three, uh, you know, he, he's got a good mid range jumper. He's not afraid to take the iron. He distributes the ball. Well, like he's a great ball handler and he's got the stamina to play the entire game. And he's doing all of this as a freshman, um, which yeah, is like, he, he, yeah. That, what that, do you got to complain about <laughs> the, the, the long three that he did? I, I think at UCLA, I mean, mm -hmm. he was uh, practically uh, across the street at empire buffet, putting that in. Yeah, I, I yeah, mean that was that was just crazy out there, but you know a, another component is, here is Evans as well. Um, he's deceptively fast. Oh yeah, he, he's fast with his hands, and there's, um, it. That's why uh, he'll lead the Ducks in steals because he he's got his his hands inside going after the ball, and you know, it's like the the opposition never saw it coming. And you know they they've lost the ball. Yeah, Good. and and I mean there's you know there there's a clear there's a clear distinction between you know the, especially in this game there's a clear distinction between those guys and you know the production from the rest of the you know so like shell stats you know seven for twelve from the floor two two for three from beyond the arc you know Kwame Evans is six for eight from the floor three for four from beyond the arc right uh 
you know, uh, Aquendo, you know, has yet again, once of his, you know, the, the mystery player, you know, he gets 15 <laughs> points, you know, four for nine. Okay. Uh, you know, from, from, from the floor. Um, and it, here's the other thing, guys are making their free throws, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I love it. You know, they, they shot 81.3%, you know, from the free for free for free throw line, uh, you know, shell stat five for seven, uh, Kuznard six for eight, Kwame Evans perfect seven for seven, you know, DOR two for three, uh, Oquendo six for seven. You know, like there, there isn't a single guy who missed more than two. Um, you know, I love it. And, you know, what it's also indicative of, you know, they shot 32 free throws, right? They made 26 of them. You know, I, I like yeah. the percentage, but what I really like, I love the denominator. You know, because what it means right. is they're driving, you know, they're, they're taking mm -hmm. it inside. Um, yeah. Putting, uh, the opponents in, in foul trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keep keeping some of those players, uh, off the floor out of necessity that that's what you have to do to play winning basketball. But, you know, there, there's a clear distinction, you know, like Cousinard's, th you know, three for 10 in this game, you know, uh, you know, Diwara and uh, Bartholomew and 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 Tracy are barely shooting at all. Uh, you know, Rigsby's trying to shoot and, and he had, you know, fairly cold hands, which like I understand, you know, about Rigsby. You know, he he'd be a bench player if not for all the injuries right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but like and, and you know, guys are just gonna have cold hands some nights, you, you know, like you know, whatever. But it's like, you know, you you have a real like there's a couple of dudes, you know, who are really producing for you. And there's a couple of dudes, you know, who are just basically not shooting and like, you know, but they're on the floor to provide defense because your shooters aren't, you know, really big enough to provide, you know, a lot of defense for you. Like, okay. So that's, so guess what? That's Dana Altman aligning Rubik's cubes, you know? Yeah. Which he does every season. Yeah. Especially early seasons of the past two or three. Yeah, it got a Rubik's cube around all these injuries and yeah, and that kind of thing. So it's it, it's heartening to uh, see these freshmen, you know, Shellstad and Evans uh, step up. And yep, I mean, Oregon has a for all the injuries and all the problems that they have, they have a pretty darn good record. Yeah, it's not bad at all, and. Uh, uh, you, you know, the other thing is they're getting a ton of experience, you know, for, for, you know, for when they get their bigs back, they're getting experience for the guys who are going to carry them through February into March. Um, and their bench, you know, their bench players are getting starting minutes you know, or Oregon's going to have the best bench in the league. You know, they're going to have the most <laughs> yeah. experienced bench, you know, in the NCAA. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, so, so all that's going to be pretty valuable. Um, yeah. And on it, Thursday we get, uh, um, Mookie cook. So yeah, we will at long last, we'll get yeah. to see the debut of Mookie cook. Um, the, the, the other thing that should be said, and the reason that I started talking about it though, is that like, 
you know, what's remarkable about this is, is USC, you know, who lost both of their games in Oregon. They also lost to Oregon state, which is like far and away the worst team in the PAC 12 this year. And so it was sort of astonishing that, that USC lost to them. Um, although not that astonishing apparently. And like, uh, like, I mean, what it just, what it just a massive, you know, yeah, the reason that I want to talk about it is just like Andy Enfield just can't coach. Like he's just a miserable coach, and Dane Altman <laughs> is a hell of a coach, right? And and remember, yeah. you know, you you linked as well. You might your your off season preview, and I mean, you you nailed this team, right? Like you 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 had the lineup, you know, correct? Because they returned Kobe Johnson, they returned uh, a Boogie Ellis, they returned uh, 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 Josh Morgan, who they have relegated to be a bench player, but because nobody can produce from them among their super talented freshmen, he winds up being like their leading scorer in a lot of games including this game um and uh, like the you know the number one recruit isaiah collier has like you know mediocre performances but you can't play defense he's in you know net negatives for his plus minus uh you know they're they're starting a dude named uh iwichuku who like i don't think he's even mentioned in your preview um because like he came sort of came out of nowhere i don't know why they're starting him um they're they're starting dj rodman you know a, a dennis rodman's kid um isn't that his know, nephew or something or uh, i think he's his kid I, I don't know uh uh yeah no he's a son he's a son okay. um he, he he played with for wazoo remember um okay that's right. Uh, and and they have LeBron James' son, who like I don't want to go too hard on him because he had like a heart attack or something in practice. Uh, um, but like, uh, you know, there's there's you know, it's a super talented roster, and they're just not getting anything out of them. Um, but even that, like their their scoring performance is basically nominal. It's basically what it was last year, right? About forty five percent from the floor, about thirty three percent from from beyond the arc, like they're struggling a bit to, to make their free throws, but like they just can't play defense and they can't play defense against a shorthanded Oregon squad. And they couldn't play defense against Oregon state. And it's like, I don't know. This isn't the USC podcast. This is, it was just like, it was clear to me that I was watching Dana Altman coach his ass off. Right. Like there was, I don't think that you could find a bigger contrast in coaching competence than in this game is the reason why I wanted to talk about it because you had Dana Altman, like the, the, the Don of the conference, right. Who is shorthanded in aligning Rubik's cubes. And you've got Andy Enfield with an embarrassment of riches, embarrassing himself. Like, you know, you've got number one coach in the conference versus number 12, is you know is what yeah, you had and, in this game and uh um on the sidelines dana altman was animated at oh, yeah. this game and ucla i i haven't uh heard him or seen him be that animated and yelling at the players to you know to uh you know do what they're supposed to do i haven't seen him that animated in probably a few years yeah he's he's fired up uh, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know and, if he's watching the Golden Bachelor or or what, <laughs> but like he's he's found in like a, a second wind is his his autumn years. Like, yeah, I've definitely, I you're you're definitely right. Like, 
he's he's much more animated so, i don't it, know maybe it's like the the, the final year of pac-12 refs and he's finally you know feels like <laughs> he's liberated to really <laughs> let him know what he thinks of him. i got nothing to lose yeah like, what are you gonna you know what are you gonna do find me like you're not even gonna be here long enough to enforce the fines you know? yeah yeah go ahead give me a technical we'll still yeah. win yeah right like yeah sue me you know you're you're not gonna be here in three months for us to go to court yeah but I think for the for the riches that USC has, um, especially with freshman recruits, I mean, uh, I think we're uh, getting a, a ton of mileage with, uh, at the very least, uh, Shellstad and, and Evans. Uh, they can play defense. They uh, they can shoot, and um, and they look the part. You know. Yeah. They they look really yeah like good. if any Trojan fans want to cry a river about like hey 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 we recruited a bunch of like you know freshmen but they're gonna take a little while to come online you know so you know hey you know tell that to somebody else look at what Dana Altman's doing with his freshmen you know right right yeah uh, Evans plays some fantastic defense you know I'm just uh, I was um kind of up in the stance just taking in uh, just how fast he is with those with the hands mm -hmm. and um i didn't expect it i i don't think the uh any of the torsion players expected that either it's like oh the ball's gone so <laughs> what <laughs> oh look they're making a basket transition basketball <laughs> lovely <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a very nice start to conference play, and it continued against UCLA, which, uh, like I said, we'll talk about with Adam on the next podcast. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit of football. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So uh, you wrote a brief article uh, that was recapping some of the post signing day updates. Um, we, we've already we've already started talking about early signing day, um, and uh, and we've even started breaking down some of the position groups. But I wanted to note that uh, th there was there was a late addition to the class um, uh, who was Jerry that we didn't cover in the initial article that Kevin wrote. Um, who, uh, but, but you picked it up, um, which was Jericho Johnson, uh, the mm -hmm. big defensive line. I mean, real big, he's going to play nose tackle for Oregon, their three down structure. Um, and he made kind of a show of his, yeah. uh, his recruitment. Hilarious video. Yeah. You, you uh, he linked that one in there. <laughs> that I, I was did. a lot of fun. What did you think about that? Um, uh, well, it was, it was kind of expected, um, but I wasn't. Uh, none of us were going to jump the gun and include him on uh, signing day when he hadn't actually signed yet. Yeah, that seems um, like a good way to tempt fate. Yeah, but it, uh, I mean that was quite the show that 
30 minutes of entertainment, you know, some, uh, some rap and stuff uh, before you come out and, and announce who, who you're going with. And boy, it sure did my heart a lot of good to see that Huskies shirt thrown to the floor. Yeah. Yeah. The, like a could, sack of potatoes. It could, couldn't do the hat theory. In fact, nobody on the stage even had hats on. Yeah. He, he uh-huh. had the sweatshirts out. Yep. And uh, yeah, no, he he yeeted that he yeeted that husky sweatshirt right to the ground. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> USC as well, and in uh, Utah too. Uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, John, Johnson looks like a uh, like a great recruit. I mean, typically, you know, defensive linemen, particularly um, the the interior defensive linemen, you're probably not going to see right away. And in in Oregon's got, you know, between Ben Roberts and and uh, I'm sort of expecting there's going to be additional, uh, you know maybe one or two portal additions um uh at this position you know we, we will uh at addicted to quack you know keep, keep you updated of course um you know or oregon was uh had their eye on one or two who you know they they had their eye on a, a michigan state guy um who decided to stay with michigan state um and uh and they had a, a texas a&m guy who decided to go to to ole miss um uh ole miss switched up their defensive structure this year uh, I, I had been banging the table with how much i hated ole miss's defensive structure when i was watching it for tyson johnson's film but then when they got pete golding from alabama they changed it to be less stupid and so now defensive <laughs> uh recruits and transfers are a little more interested in playing for it um and uh so yeah but i i think the fact that oregon was interested in portal transfers you know i i don't think that was just about like let's see if we can get you know really great guys off the top and if not we're content with what we got i think that they were going after portal guys because they want portal guys um you know they they, they want some experienced guys um to to fill out because you know they're going to be losing popa amavai you know who sat out the bull game you know for draft preparation uh i, I believe taki Tamani's out of eligibility um and I think Keon Weir Hudson still technically has a year, but I, I don't think they want to rely on him. And at the very least, I don't think he's big enough to play nose tackle. And so it's pretty much just Ben Roberts, um, who we haven't seen yet. So I think they want to. And, and then so unless Jericho Johnson is the salience of this, unless Jericho Johnson is somehow big and good enough to play nose tackle as a true freshman, which like. I would rate that as very low odds, not to slight Jericho Johnson at all. just like nobody ever is like, that's extremely rare to see that. Um, And usually when you do see it, it's teams with terrible roster management who are forced into that situation. It's not optimal. Um, So I sort of expect that we will be writing a future roster update about, you know, the portal nose tackle that Oregon gets. We just haven't that, event has not yet occurred um you know uh there is usually a post bowl wave of uh transfers and bowls up until yesterday had not yet concluded so uh you know we'll just have to reassess when that happens um 
the transfer uh, uh, that Oregon did get after um, after early signing day was the safety from Kansas State, Kobe Savage. Uh, you, you wrote up a little bit about him. Uh, what'd you see? Um, well, um, I mean, other than maybe an all-time name. Um, what I see is kind of the the quintessential things that you're looking uh, for in a safety. And the fact that he was a captain of that Kansas State team last season uh, shows that he's a leader. Yeah, he he probably um, runs the the secondary uh, of that defense and he's in on a um, uh, lot of tackles um, interceptions, that kind of thing. Uh, I think uh, he fits uh, one of the most pressing needs that uh, Oregon was looking to fill in the defense because they, yeah. they, they definitely needed some safety help. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely was the case that Oregon safety unit was their you know weakest position group, and also and just like straight up thinnest you know group, like they were effectively playing the same three safeties on every single snap. Mm-hmm. Um, once Brian Addison effectively you know sat out, you know like he benched himself and then transferred out, um, and uh, uh, and you know it's it's somewhat difficult to to separate out like the fact that they couldn't rotate from performance, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because fatigue is a thing. Um, uh, uh, and on top of that, like the, 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 on top of the fatigue factor, there's also the factor of like, well, you basically had, uh, in, in my opinion, the three safeties that they had were all sort of best suited to play more or less the same position. And so like, that's a problem because you needed to have a diversity of skill sets and they really only had the, all all had sort of the same skill set and, or similar skill sets, you know, so you, you didn't really have like a, a dude who was really great in coverage to play the nickel spot out of, those three guys um mm-hmm. and uh you know but at the same time you had the guy like evan williams who i think is a really great like thumper you know to play against you know the run which is why like he was like really great uh in the fiesta bowl against such a run heavy team like liberty um but like dude's playing with a club on his hand and if you ask him to you know go try to like you know play in pass coverage you know the one time when liberty you know threw the ball deep you know he he had a club on his hand he couldn't quite knock the ball down you know and it's like okay you know this is the 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 hot and cold of of that uh, of the fact that they're thin at the safety group like you can like I mean, I, I got my problems with Steve Stevens, but like I, I with Taishim Johnson and Evan Williams, I, I actually like them quite a bit. It's just that they're being asked to play positions that like are not perfect for them because of the fact that they didn't have enough dudes except for those three guys who were all sort of redundant with each other, mm-hmm. which creates problems. So like even 
even if they were bringing back all three of those guys, which like isn't going to happen, Evan Williams is out of eligibility, and I think Steve Stevens is as well. I'd have to double check that. Taishim Johnson, I believe, is coming back, and I think the Taishim Johnson is good uh, for playing the deep safety role. Just like, please God, do not put him on the line and ask him to cover like you know, the number two receiver out of the slot because he can't do it. It's just not his wheelhouse. But like if you had enough safeties who, you know, you could play him back where he's like pretty good uh, anyway. Um, so like, yeah, they, they just I mean, at the very least, they need more dudes like. Yeah, that they, they do. Uh, even though Savage is, is uh, about as solid a get as you can as you can come by at least at, at this juncture um uh, there's no way that that they're done bringing in some more safety talent because they still yeah. need it yeah like before you even get to the question of evaluation and like i have all of the kansas state tape but before you even get to the question of evaluation what i've been trying to say is just like you need more dudes like you need dudes to alleviate the fatigue concern. You need dudes in order to be able to put guys into the, you know, rotate them back into the correct position for them so that they're not playing out of position. You need dudes in order to, so that stuff can go wrong and, and that you have some slack built into the system. Mm-hmm. You know, you need dudes because, you know, the rule of thirds, right? If you need one guy, you need to get three guys. Um you know, so that you you've purchased enough raffle tickets so that at least one of them is going to pop yeah. Uh, like. Yeah. So like Kobe Savage looks like a good start. But yeah, I agree with you. They're probably not done. Um, yeah. Now, some of it like un, unlike the defensive line, you probably can get away with playing like a really exceptional true freshman at some of the at the safety position. And like Oregon's got some of these guys that they got from the. Um, you know, fr- from the safety class, you know, from the safety class in the early signing day, look like potentially they could be, you know, starters as true freshmen. Um, so or, or at least like they could go into the mix. Um, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about that with Kevin. Um, when he's on the podcast next, because he he wrote up that article and that that should be interesting. Yep. All right, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back. We'll talk about the Fiesta Bowl. So, Badwater, you uh, wrote up the game immediately concluding it. I will be writing up the film study uh, in a day or two after this podcast hits. Um, uh, uh, Well, we can all look at the scoreboard and and see it was, you know, yet another, you know, big route. It wasn't quite 42 to 6. It was actually 45 to 6. What did you think about the game? Well, the... Uh, the Ducks started out slow, of course, mm-hmm. but, you know, and I think that's kind of the nature of uh, a lot of bowl games where you start, stop uh, hitting people for four weeks and then you have to go out and, and do it again. So uh, that they had kind of a slow uh, initial start, especially defensively, wasn't a, a huge surprise. I, uh, I didn't think that that they were going to be in any peril from it. Um, it, it was good to see, um, Bucky and Bo 
take a, a final bow in, in this game and and that that makes them uh, a couple of my favorite ducks from here on out is that yeah the, the playing that that last bowl game uh, meant enough that they suited up and showed up and and uh, did their thing the um, um, bow of course uh, uh, knocked off a, a couple of records in the process and Bucky looked he didn't look like he did the last three games of the season where he's yeah. kind of shirking off some some injury um, you know he was a hundred percent and and they look fantastic yeah man, I, I really would have liked to see a, a fully healthy uh Bucky Irving in the in the conference championship game I, I, I think that really would have made a difference um yeah and uh yeah it did seem like there was some amount of gamesmanship in terms of like getting Bo Nix you know to break some records which like I don't know what I, I guess is cool. I don't know. I'm not wild about it. Like it, 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 it messes with my rec. Cause like, like a, a lot of those things, you know, like the passes, you know, they're not passes. They go down as, you know, they're runs in, in my, you know, tr- so I, like I, when I publish my article, it's going to, you know, it's going to have like completely different numbers, you know, because like all right, those that, little like sweeps that, that the pass to Sadiq was, wasn't really a pass in your right, exactly, which yeah. like even the commentators, you know, in, during the game are sort of like, uh, you know, th- this is going down as a pass, but it's clearly not a pass. You know, like this <laughs> yeah. is, you know, Bo Nix is completing passes. Although, of course, the flip side of that is <clears throat> Oregon was doing stuff like that. You know, the the both the push passes and those little toss run plays. Um, it, you know, like uh, uh, much of Oregon's run game has in the official stat book goes down as passes like, which I know because I like in order to do charting, like I have, I start out with the official, the official play by play. And then I, you know, because like, I don't start from like a blank sheet of paper, you know, I, that, that would be ridiculous. Uh, It would be so much extra work. I start with the official play by play and then I correct it although it still winds up being a you know a bunch of work because there's a bunch of errors in it um and and even stuff like this that I'm talking about where the in my opinion they're mischaracterized that's not what I'm talking about with errors that's actually easy mm-hmm. to correct they just flip the flag from rush to pass or whatever um I'm talking about stuff like missing plays or transposed digits or just like bonkers stuff <laughs> like that you know plays that are out of order uh which it, it has significant effects like if a play is out of order then that means that the amount of yardage that's assigned to it is wrong um it's uh you have penalties that get included with the yardage so like and like different stat keepers will handle that differently so like so like a like a, a two yard run that then has a 15 yard face max like should that be handled as a two yard run and a 15 yard penalty or should that be handled as a 17 yard run well regardless of your opinion on that question different mm-hmm. stat keepers will answer that question differently. So 
there's like so there's no consistency in the stat keeping like i i could talk right. about so, this forever. so you, like, yeah you have to establish your own consistency right in, which in like, your own system which which i do but anyway it means that i'm like going through and, and like the first step before i chart a game is i take the official record and i go through and i i like i comb out all of those tangles and like so one of the things that I do is all of those little push passes and all those toss plays and so forth that are that get marked down by the stat keeper as pass plays. Like, you know, I fix those to rushes, but I also like flag them as the stat keeper called this, you know, a, a, a pass for two air yards you know, or, 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 you know, and so for all these dum-dums on Twitter who are like Bo Nix, his average, you know, air yards is only like six. It's because it's counting all those run plays, you morons. Mm -hmm. Like, like if you take those out, his air yards jump up to 12, you know, like it's comparable to every other quarterback who, you know, the, the, like, it, when you when you look at those that that stat in which Bo Nix is like in the bottom of FBS at like six or whatever, and it's like there is no possible way a quarterback could be at that number. You know that that number is wrong, and yet everybody wanted to jump on that as like that has to be gospel because it in it because it it fed you know some you know, some, some motivated reasoning that they wanted to believe because it, 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 it told a better story about their quarterback. Right. You know, like this is why arguments about individual statistical production without having done, you know, film study is the stupidest thing in the world. And I never like getting dragged into it. And yet here I am talking about it. Like, yeah, that's the reason why you dumb dumbs who don't study film like I, boy, you know, I, 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 I sure love having my job lectured to me by people who do less work than me. Anyway, anyway, well, it, uh, it was heartening to have uh, Bonix there. He kind of reminded me, um, kind of like Andrew Luck, you know, a, oh, a guy okay. who, a, a guy who was willing to, who really enjoyed uh, his college football career, and wanted to see it through to the last uh bowl game and uh uh i i think that nick's just has enjoyed his two seasons at oregon so much that uh he won that last game because mm -hmm. the nfl is going to be there um sure but but you know, with and with that, the way that like Oregon's line protects him and his scrambling ability, the risk of him getting hurt is very, very low. Um, and and frankly, with the the status of Liberty's pass rush, like I mean, the the odds of him getting in a car wreck, you know, going down to the McDonald's or whatever, <laughs> is higher than him getting hurt in this right. game. So, like, it was a reasonable proposition. Yeah, it was a. It, it was kind of like a, an exhibition game in a way, but we uh, we knew that was going to be the case. I mean, 
it's uh it's just i i don't know i had my doubts like i i, I mean honestly like i i know the game was a blowout i i, I figured that oregon was going to put up points I, I didn't really think that oregon was going to have any difficulty like scoring in the 40s against this team or if need be into the 50s or more um and, and like the slow start thing is not i mean it's it's just an artifact of when it happened like if you throw i mean oregon's I mean, my God, they, they had a 70%, 74%, you know, per play success rate. They had a 9.9 yards per play. They had a 30% explosive play rate. Like it's like throw all the plays up in the air. It's just, you know, when it happened, like it's just the anchoring effect. Like it sticks mm -hmm. in your mind. Like Oregon had a 40 yard pass play on the first drive. Like, don't talk to me about a slow start when you had a 40 yard pass play. It's just, they, they had a third down pass knocked down like yeah. oh, like it happens you know like the the and then like they it, on liberty's first drive literally on the second play of the game they pulled off an option pitch you know steve stevens misses a tackle and they get 33 yards it was the only time they ever pulled off a triple option play oregon that i mean that's really the story of the game oh and then on top of that Casey Rogers committed a, a dumb, you know, late hit so that they wound up getting like, you know, what is that up to like 48 yards on a mm -hmm. single play, yeah. you know, and so they got a touchdown out of it, you know, oh, and, you know, and they completed their longest pass of the game, you know, all of that happens on a single drive, right, the, their longest pass of the game, their longest rush of the game. And the Oregon's only, you know, personal foul of the game all happens on a single drive. Otherwise, they basically get nothing that drive. It's the game starts with with uh, a, a, a screen pass that that Oregon tackles for a loss. Right. You know, and, and, you know, there's nothing to that drive except for like, you know, the dumb stuff, which is non which doesn't get replicated for for the rest of the game for the for the rest of the game. Yeah. What Oregon did was essentially what the scouting report says Oregon ought to have done, which is on defense, I mean, which is to uh, make the triple option because the, the structure of their veer triple option always starts with a midline read. So you can induce them to hand the ball off on the inside run. If you just sacrifice one dude to stay outside and right. Am I making sense? Right. Like, yeah. you know, so all of their, this was all in my, my, my Friday article writing him up, which is that if you just sacrifice a dude, because all of their damage in the run game comes from going outside if you just sacrifice a dude to camp outside and and say okay you know we'll give you a light box to run against or better yet have the dude stay outside but then be fast enough to come back inside to help with the tackle that's the best mm -hmm. um like but you're big enough to stop their inside run with a lighter box then they're dead right because you can mm -hmm you can get them you can get them to hand off inside on every play and then still stop it or be, or slow it down enough so that they're still having to throw on third down and then you just stop the pass on third down 
And that's exactly what Oregon, like, I mean, it was like, I literally wrote that paragraph in, in my scouting report, which is like, you get them, you sacrifice a dude to go outside to keep them from doing their damage on their outside runs so that they hand off inside, you slow them down on the inside runs so that they have to throw on third downs. And then they have all these problems slowing on throwing on third downs. So you prevent them from throwing. So you do that and you prevent them from crossing the 50 yard line because for some reason they can't throw deep until they cross the 50 yard line which was exactly (laughs) what happened in this game the only time they ever completed a deep pass was when they crossed the 50 yard line it was on that first drive which happened Mm -hmm. because they screwed up and allowed them to have an outside run and then a dead ball personal foul so they crossed the 50 yard line and they were able to throw a deep ball into the end zone. it was just like this so perfectly followed the scouting report it was like uh yeah it was, it was like i had a magic crystal ball and it was called film study um and hey oregon had a month to prepare for this game and they did film study too and like and so when you said we were all expecting this to be a blowout i was like uh i wasn't expecting it to be that much of a blowout really or at least i didn't uh, i mean i thought it could have been but i definitely acknowledged the possibility that it might not have been and the the world in which it might not have been was this world um that the world in which oregon sort of blew off their their prep and said oh we've got all this talent we'll just shut them down it's fine i'll I'll just go play xbox this month um because this offense if you're like screwing around like oh yeah they'll screw you which oregon saw on the second play of the game right Mm -hmm. like you screw up like yeah they'll they'll just yeah they can really wreck you um so so, you know call it a slow start if you want i i don't really think that's accurate it's that this offense is like liberty's offense is no joke if you're messing around and it's just that like but but then oregon it turned out wasn't messing around like so good yeah now they uh defensively oregon uh, obviously took Liberty's offense seriously. Yeah. So, and, and so, you know, the question was like, were, were, were those, you know, a couple of screw ups on the first drive? Was that rust? Was that just an anomaly? Does it, does, is it have any significance that it happened on the first drive or was that just random? Was that a coincidence? I don't know. Look, I, I I'm an empiricist. Like I, I don't get to, I don't get to travel to alternate universes and, and see what it was like, you know, when we run the simulation a hundred times, like I, sure. I, I don't know. Um, but what I can say is those two things, you know, the big run play on, on play number two and the, the big pass play on play number six, like they never happened again. So whether those were anomalies or whether Oregon tightened something up, you know, like that was a wake up call and they were like, Oh shoot, we got to not screw that up anymore. I don't, I don't know, but either way they were definitely not messing around on the other, you know, whatever I I think it was 44 meaningful or I can actually just look at the number. Give me a second. Uh, the, The other 30 meaningful plays of the game, they were not messing around yet. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was nice uh, from a fan perspective to just kind of casually watch the game and 
and not not feel like uh if you miss the next 45 seconds you're in peril of missing something mm-hmm. really important um it's a you know from from the spectator point of view certainly from the Oregon side uh, it was just kind of a feel-good game it was a lot of fun to watch uh yeah uh, I mean, like, you know, the op- the offense was operating at a high level, which is always, you know, nice to see. It, I mean, it was operating at a high, even though I don't love it, uh, it was it was operating at a high enough level that they could play with their food. You know, <laughs> they could they're like, let's call this funky play in order to pursue this record or let's take Bo Nix out and in and out again in order to get him this. And I was like, this is playing with your food. This is like a little disrespectful, but you know, whatever, what, what were they going to do about it? Uh, like, yes, it was, it was that. And, and then, you know, defensively, I don't know. Or Oregon's got some 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 work to do, frankly, on this defense. Um, like I, you know, I, I I think they need some help in the middle with the losses that they have. I think they need some help at safety. Uh, you know, they, I mean, they were out both of their cornerbacks, right? Kyrie Jackson took off, and and Florence was out the entire game. They were playing Dante Manning, who actually, you know, played a fine game. He got beat on one play. It was sort of an amazing toe tap, you know, by by CJ Daniels, which I don't I don't blame them for. Uh, but I don't blame Manning for that at all. But like, you know, uh, uh, I I think. You know, I think Manning's going to have some competition, you know, for the cornerback job. And then we spent a long time in the second segment talking about the safety position. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's already been a, a transfer out after the bowl game from the defensive back group, which, we, again, we'll talk about. And in, in, in when we do our next portal update article. Um so like, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think that there's oh, there's one other interesting sort of defensive note, which is. um uh, Justin Jacobs played in this game, but he didn't come in until relatively you know, until like the third series. Um, like it was basically Bossa and Hill for most of the game. Um, so that was interesting. Um, I'm not really sure what that was about. Um, hmm. uh, uh, y- uh, uh, I, I did like the, the freshman edges. I think that the, the, you know, uh, um, uh, Uyunglele and purchase are coming along nicely. Uh, I'm really looking forward to those guys after, uh, you know, an off season training. Um, uh, and, uh, and Birch played in this game. He had a big thing on his knee. Um, mm-hmm. and he, and, and it was pretty clear that he was on a pitch count, but like he played. So that was good. Good to see him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another revelation on. on oh, and Tatum to Oh, my God. I, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> I, I talked about other freshmen, but I didn't talk about him. But he played the best of all um, of all the freshmen. In fact, there's going to be a clip in my article of like he t- he 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 gets the first really good run stop of the game uh, on the inside uh, on an inside run where he has to wrong arm a pulling uh, a guard and he like single-handedly shuts the entire play down and uh yeah good job to you be looking forward to that and uh, another interesting revelation uh on offense is 
um, you you could be um, forgiven for not realizing that uh, Oregon's starter at center was not playing the game. That's how oh, good yeah. Pon- that's how good Poncho's playing was. Yeah, Iapani Lalulu, um, who is a true freshman. Um, I mean, he was he got a lot of experience this year at the the guard spots rotating in for Stephen Jones and Marcus Harper. Um and uh uh yeah, but you know, got, uh, uh uh you know, center sort of a, a a whole new bag because you gotta call it the blitz protections, you gotta snap, and you know, Liberty doesn't blitz that much. Um so, you know, I, I, I still, I, that, I, I, that one's a little more of, uh, in the TBD category for me, you know, like how well he, 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 he does at, at, at blitz protections and so forth. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say like, that's it. That's all the data I need to know that he's going to be fantastic at that. Um, but I am pretty close to being able to declare that in terms of, uh, snapping, um, because like, yeah, you, you don't, yeah. you, you know, if, he, if, if you're snapping fun mills are, aren't there, that it's going to show the ball is going to be on the ground. Yeah, you, we, you yeah. they had, uh, um, well, I charted for 46 meaningful, uh, reps and not a single bad snap out of them, which, uh, in case you're curious, if you continued watching bowl games, as you said that you did, uh, <laughs> Alabama, uh, Alabama versus Michigan, that, that center was going crazy. Like, I mean, half of his snaps, I'm not joking about this. Cause I mean, I, it's a, it's a game involving a big 10 team. I'm going to be charting it. Like I, I pulled down the numbers on it and I did a preliminary, a little preliminary workup about half of his snaps of the Alabama center snaps were off target, which is like, wow. Okay. So he's playing for a semifinal team for Alabama. And is not a true freshman. Oregon, you know, Poncho is a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Zero snaps off target. All yeah. right, I like that. So yeah, there's uh, there's some good potential there, and uh, looking forward to seeing how he does next season. Uh, yeah, I think Oregon's lines uh, situated pretty well. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I, I definitely think the, the line's in, in good shape. I think the quarterback situation's in good shape. I think the wide receiver situation is good. We got to see Jerry and Dickey a little bit. Um, uh, I, I did want it. I wanted to see the backups come in earlier. Like, that was actually really what my complaint was about, like, the messing around with Bo Nix trying to get records is, like, they could have. I mean, I had garbage time in this game starting after Oregon's first possession like 38 to 6 when when uh when when uh, that that 24 yard uh uh, uh Tez Johnson touchdown um that that's the beginning of garbage time for me um so there's like almost like 10 minutes of the third quarter and all of the fourth quarter that I've got garbage time that I was like Oh man, I want to see start really seeing some backups. I want to see some developmental guys. Like, show me Jury and Dickey, show me Kyler Casper, show me some backup 
linemen show me you know show me some show me some devin jackson we did actually see some, a bit of devin jackson um but like i wanted to see those guys earlier i wanted to see some like real film against a 13 and 0 team that was really trying you know that that didn't want to go home with a bunch of egg all over their face like i wanted to see much more developmental film and they kind of like they kind of didn't give me much of it until like pretty late into the fourth quarter i was like boo yeah yeah oh, well i'll just hand that to tristan to do <laughs> yeah here you can have liberty liberty <sighs> <That's enough laughs> no i mean like there was i mean that was one of the nice you know one of the, the many nice things about an oregon season in which they were blowing out a lot of opponents was that there's a um uh you know there there you know, I, I don't chart garbage time during the season because like, oh my God, I got so much work to do. I've got to chart every one of Oregon's games and then I've got to chart every one of Oregon's opponents games. And I have to like come up with this whole schedule in order to chart each of or, or at least enough of Oregon's opponents games that, you know, in, in a rolling manner. So that, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. So it's like, I'm not charting garbage time. Okay. That's an off season project. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh uh but you know now it's the off season and so but and but one of the nice things about a team that's blowing out opponents is that like hey that's a there's a lot of meat on that bone you know mm-hmm. that's that is a hearty stew that you can mate throwing into that stock pot um and uh but yeah maybe i'll just give that to tristan you know let's see <laughs> let's see what you <laughs> up here, buddy. it's it's nice to have the intern like train him up <laughs> how to that's do right. this stuff like yeah here, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I haven't actually given a lot of thought to to what our off season is going to be like. If it's so you know focused on this, but I got one more article to write uh, for this season, which is uh, or or how Oregon played this season, which is the the Fiesta Bowl, which I will mm-hmm. uh, write up and and uh, let's see when's that going up Thursday, I think. Uh, yeah, right. I'm going to put that one up on Thursday because I I get give myself a couple of days to work on it. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, uh, should be a good article, and I appreciated your uh, write up. Your write up, if anybody's jonesing for something while you're waiting for my film study, has a bunch of uh, uh, Twitter uh, uh, videos in it with uh, you know some of the, the best highlights. I always appreciate how quick you are mm-hmm. with that sort of stuff. It's very it's including including highlight of uh, Liberty Liberty's first touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got you got to knock that stuff up uh all right i, I think that'll do it for us this week uh right. uh you got any party words of wisdom for us badwater uh no just uh go ducks love the season um if you're living in the eugene area be sure you have your rain gear for the next 10 days because it's going to be nothing but rain and showers Hmm. Well, I guess since no one's going to Autzen Stadium, that they, they don't get that protection. Uh, of course, it never rains on this podcast. <laughs>